1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Joining us right now is Carolyn Ryan, who is in the studio with us. Hi, Carolyn. Good morning. Good morning. Let's get that closer and hello, play. Hello. Is that better? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, Carolyn, you're a lawyer in the state of Connecticut. It's nice to see you. Thank you. so nice to see you, Lisa. And you wrote an op-ed recently in, was it Connecticut Investigative Reporter or something like that? Yes,
2: Inside Investigator. Inside Investigator,
0: which is an excellent website, by
2: the way. I love it. It's new. I'm really impressed with I'm it. I'm impressed yeah. with it,
0: too. It's part of our daily show prep. And uh, you are exercised and upset because of a law that was passed relatively recently that was intended to benefit children and families. And you're concerned that it's not doing that, and I want to hear about that. So, what is
2: the law? So, the law is actually a federal law. I'm sorry, getting over a, a cold from a week ago, so this isn't my radio voice. We have our four <laughs> feet. We have to protect
0: ourselves at all times. Yes. go
2: ahead. Um, yes. So, it's a federal law, um, and it is um, about um, not- hospital notifications. So this is really happening on a hospital level. The federal law is saying uh, that these hospitals must uh, do a notification every time a newborn is born affected by substances. And The hospital, so,
0: okay, a newborn comes out, Mm -hmm. they do the little heel prick, and they test them for 35 different diseases. And then how, is a newborn always screened for substance abuse? Uh,
2: It can vary hospital by hospital. Um, Hospitals are not... Uh, required to test newborns, but um, one just, I guess, for example, would be um, neonatal abstinence syndrome, like so if maybe a bu- baby's going through withdrawal.
0: They can see it.
2: Yeah, so and, and it's sometimes can be tested positive or negative, but it's something you can visually see. It's a baby affected by substances under the federal law, and the uh, hospital then has to do a notification to... Um, Child Protective Services, or it can be another agency. Usually in Connecticut, that means DCF. DCF. Mm-hmm. Um, But this is the kind of interesting part. It doesn't have to be um, a child protection referral. It can be. Um, it's just a notification. It can be a blind notification. So, way that might come into play would be um, if a baby was born affected by substances, but there's no safety issue. So, one example would be a, a woman is on a prescription medication. I see. And the baby's born affected by substance. There's no uh, no safety concerns, but we do this blind notification, and there's a when lot of- When you say blind, what do you mean by blind? Uh, no, no names um, would, of the mother or the
0: newborn would So be DCF yours. gets a notice. There's a baby in Bridgeport Hospital that was born with some symptoms- Of having to withdraw from a prescriptive substance. Mm -hmm. They don't know the family, and they don't know the name. Yep, it's just for for data. For data. For data. And that's because somebody in the hospital has made a judgment that there's no safety risk to the infant. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
2: So that's the federal law, and um, Connecticut also codified that, like most states do, into state law. Right. Yep. Okay. So, so far, so good. They took the lead. But, um... And in order to really appreciate my critique, you'll have to, you you and and you do, and your listeners really have to appreciate the distinction between the words affected by and exposed to. Yes. So we went over what the federal law and the state law is affected by. But unfortunately, in Connecticut, the standard that's being used is not what the federal or the state law says. How DCF is choosing to implement this is women who have exposed
0: their children.
2: And we don't know... What exposed means because guidance isn't given to the medical providers. Does it mean at the, all, throughout pregnancy? Does it mean secondhand? It, you know, this could go, you, I think you kind of see where I'm going at this. So how problematic sick, this but is. But let's go back a yep. minute. The data is given
0: blind. Yes. So DCF can't do anything anyway. What can DCF do? Do they call Bridgeport Hospital back and say, excuse me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're not satisfied with your judgment. We want to know the name of the family. We think an infant is at risk.
2: No, that's not really the concern. The, the main concern is that um, by having a surveillance, by DCF saying to um, the hospitals that, unlike other states, where we're saying you need to monitor and report um, affected by, Okay. We're saying you need to monitor and report for a notification purpose exposed to. And it's in the same portal where CPS investigations could also easily be. What is um, CPS? Sorry. <laughs> Child Protective Services. Um, it can easily kind of differentiate. And I think to really best uh, understand my um, kind of a critique of it, it, it's actually easier to compare it to how we're doing it to other states. I know you did a comparison yeah, to New York. Yeah. So
0: let's hear about New York. How's New York so doing? So, in
2: New you? York, um, they're very clearly explaining to their uh, uh, healthcare providers um, that there's a difference between affected by, exposed to, more or less, don't refer things to us that are, you know, uh, child protective service referrals that are exposed expo- to unless exposed you believe
0: or, they are, therefore, exactly. also affected by.
2: Yes, unless there's an affected by, we we only need this for CAPTA purposes. Um, Don't confuse affected by with exposed to. um, And it can can, and it has caused an increase in referrals, uh, CPS referrals for. Is
0: your concern ultimately that Child Protective Services is interfering? in a new family in a way that might take a baby away from a mother where it shouldn't be taken away from?
2: Absolutely. And um, this is especially ripe with marijuana, which is um, the, you know, one of the main points of CAPTA was because of the opioid. Um, And and again, there's so many benefits to having this data. But uh, what we're finding in Connecticut is that most uh, CAPTA notifications are marijuana the odds that you'll be subject to a captain notification are higher if you're black or Hispanic or poor if you live in an urban um, setting. So, yes. I, I, I would also point out, you know, just because I think it is so helpful to look at other states, Rhode Island. I, I like the way Rhode Island is doing it. What
0: is Rhode Island Rhode Island,
2: like? Island also, like New York is saying, we interpret affected by to mean affected by. Um, and there, there the notification doesn't even go through their version of DCF it uh, it really goes to the Department of Health because this is a data gathering. I see. It's like it's not even involving um, and you know I did look at you know briefly you know though I've really been focused on Connecticut I did kind of do a brief So look. Carol and Ryan I'm just really interested
0: because you know what we do is we make these policies mm-hmm. and then we have pendulums that swing mm-hmm. and then we have a case that appears to be a glaring example of bad judgment Exercise in connection with that case. And so then for a while, everybody doesn't want to do anything about it. But big picture, big picture, we're concerned about babies that are born in the custody of parents who are not going to take care of them well. Big picture. Yes. And nobody wants an infant exposed to a drug-addled household.
2: Absolutely. We all
0: agree with that. Yes. Now, you say that marijuana is an issue are you saying in other words how does a how does a hospital know if a baby's been quote exposed to marijuana but not quote affected by it i don't understand yeah, how's yeah. this happening that's
2: a that's a good question so one example would be prenatal or um at uh, the hospital the mom could screen positive uh throughout pregnancy for marijuana so that would be a great example but maybe baby is born completely um unaffected you know and and that happens too so you might have exposure, but in New York, for example, that would, New York would say, correctly, that is not a captain notification. That baby has, who has been exposed to marijuana because they're born unaffected
0: would not And mean, we know they're
2: unaffected
0: because they don't test positive in their bloodstream for marijuana. Is that what you mean by unaffected? We don't really know long-term effect of anything. You know, it's really interesting what you're saying because I'm thinking about tobacco. Let's go back two generations ago. Mm -hmm. My mother smoked. She smoked all the time. She smoked until she was 70 years old. The data now would suggest that one of the reasons I had asthma and allergies as a kid... It's because I was affected by by my mother's tobacco usage. But I think she was a pretty good mom. I (laughs) think she really is a pretty good mom. Of course she is. Now, that may be different and distinct from fetal alcohol syndrome. Wait a minute. Fetal alcohol syndrome, which let's talk about. Fetal alcohol syndrome is a huge problem with babies. But does that mean a mother who has a cocktail once in a while, who may have exposed her child,
2: has affected her child? So, the Congress at the federal level did anticipate that. So, the notification is at birth. Not at birth. You know, forever and not ever. Not forever. Yeah, this is a not- notification that's taking place at birth. If it's not distinguishable at birth, it doesn't meet the notification uh I mean, for are CAPTA. you upset
0: about the whole thing? Do you think it's too much surveillance? It is.
2: It makes me so uncomfortable that DCF is telling our doctors to uh, survey. Uh, women of reproductive age for exposure. This is- You don't an, like this an, at all. It's, a, it, it's an insurmountable uh, burden to put on reproductive age women in Connecticut, and why are we exposed to this surveillance that our neighboring states are not? I did find an example where, um, expo- where the line is so blurred between exposed to and affected by, and it's in Mississippi for CAPTA purposes where abortions illegal through you know all altogether. altogether where there's pr- criminal prosecutions for uh women f- who uh, you know condo- conduct themselves during pregnancy in a way that the state doesn't agree with or you know so I do think that we're completely out of line uh and backwards when it comes to our captain notifications and I think I think Lisa it raises other questions too about the law in general I know you could appreciate this um, with our background but when you have the state law and federal law saying one thing mm-hmm. and then the agency implementation of it. Yeah. It's just completely...
0: Have you spoken to DCF, Carolyn, yourself about
2: this? I have flagged um, some of these issues to their state advisory council and the commissioner, but I have yet to receive a response.
0: We're chatting with Carolyn Ryan. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls, 203 And the topic we're talking about is um, Ms. Ryan is saying that Connecticut's interpretation of a federal law is one that has the potential to flag families, particularly mothers and their babies, for, quote, exposure to harmful substances, even though the baby hasn't been deemed to be affected by it, and therefore DCF could come in and swoop in and take the baby away from the mom. And that is her biggest concern. We're chatting with Carolyn Ryan, who is an attorney who wrote an op-ed piece, an inside investigator in which she challenged DCF's interpretation of a statute, which she says DCF is wrongly being too intrusive uh, because there was a new reporting statute that requires hospitals to report when, and, and it's just a reporting, they have to report for infants if they think the infant has been affected by a substance when they're born. And uh, Carolyn Ryan says that DCF, in their interpretation, is saying that their interpretation is that it shouldn't be just affected by it, should be exposed to, and that this is having an impact. Carolyn, two zero three we're going to co- go to your calls in just a moment. Carolyn, do you know of a specific case yet where you think that DCF has erred on the wrong side and split up a family that should not have been split up?
2: No, um, I haven't. Um, and I don't suspect it's going to be um, too much of that where it's uh, splitting up. I think it's the critique is more going to be in the investigative process. I see. Um, the fact that uh, an investigation is even, even uh, which Which can be very invasive. These folks come to your home, um, and it's supposed to go on. Uh, they have 45 days to close it, but it can, it can certainly go on beyond that. Um, so I, I don't even anticipate... Um, that uh, a substantiation would likely happen because it doesn't meet the criteria. So you don't
0: think it'll meet the criteria? Yeah, uh,
2: in Connecticut, so substance use during pregnancy um, in Connecticut, that alone. Are you
0: worried yeah. because we've legalized POT, though, that we are going to have more infants affected in utero?
2: Well, I can say that um, substance use went up during uh, the pandemic uh, and— um, I believe with the marijuana use, uh, with marijuana legalization, that certainly um, we'll see uh, more pregnant women who are using, who and are do using do you think substances. they should be? Uh, I, you know, I won't, I won't reserve judgment, well, you know, for that. <laughs> I will, I, I yeah. will,
0: I will make a judgment here, and I will say that when you're pregnant, you should abstain from any substance that could potentially harm your baby, and that would include alcohol, cigarettes, and drugs. I think that's sort of a no brainer, and I'm hoping my daughter would do that, and I did that. Probably the most dangerous substance that I ingested, in addition to air pollution, which of course I couldn't help myself, was a lot of pizza and tuna fish, which might have had mercury, but what can you do? Um, at some point, you can't, you know, you just have to eat. But. Um,
2: well, I'd like to share with you a, you know. a, a, a <laughs> kind of sad anecdote I heard out of, um, or that I've been reading and following out of uh, Arizona. That's uh made national news and it's a woman who um was a social worker for Arizona's DCF and uh, she had um really a debilitating nausea during her pregnancy okay. and tried everything. And, okay. Um, you know, personally me marijuana makes me nauseous, <laughs> but for her, but it, it was the her. only solution. I had so she took it for a medical she reason. She used it um throughout her pregnancy, um uh, at the hospital. I forget if it was her or the newborn tested positive, one of them. But the newborn was, you know, I, I don't recall that part of it, but everyone was healthy. Okay. Um, She was placed on a child abuse registry. Really? She lost her job at DCF Arizona because she was a social worker now on a Registry, and this went back and forth between higher courts, lower courts, appellate court, and it. I think it just came out with the past two weeks. And all this time, did she get her baby back? Oh, she never lost him. Oh, okay. You know, sorry, she okay. never lost him. Okay. Um, it was more that she was on the registry. She, she lost suffered. her
0: job. She suffered. She took a yeah.
2: financial hit by. She had to leave state employment, mm. and she took a social worker job elsewhere. Um, and after a lot of back and forth between uh, higher and lower courts, it was ultimately found out that um, uh, the decisions against her were overruled. Right. And because, um, right. She, she was but taken don't you off think the that, registry. What
0: that talks about, Carolyn, we're tracking with Carolyn Ryan, is harshness uh, along the way of prosecutors, a system that looks at the letter of the law, and not the spirit of the law.
2: Yeah, and in that one what's interesting about it too, which is what I'm really talking about here, is that this wasn't a criminal. This mm-hmm. was this was all um, yeah, I understand. Yeah, this was a good yeah, lady who had a reason yeah. to take
0: what she took to get through her pregnancy. Well, and, 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 I understand. And
2: what I really mean is there was no criminal court involvement. This was all at the level of Child Protective Services and her own, uh, her and own her employment own job. Her and own her own, own job. job. So yeah. it was at that level. It wasn't, um I know, but still know.
0: terribly distressing and very painful. That was painful. a really sad case. Yeah. And
2: it took four years. Uh, I believe her son is yeah. four now. And it took four years. And I'm just like, you know. So that's why when so I say I reserve Somebody tells me judgment, that somebody
0: should have taken a look at this from the mm-hmm. beginning and said yes. why are we torturing this woman yes yes let's go to gianna from wallingford gianna you've been on hold a long time thanks for your patience you're chatting with carolyn ryan gianna you there you. hi gianna yes hi, hi. Uh, um I've just been listening and i
1: got your email so Gia- gianna I, I can't hear you clearly
0: honey i can't hear you clearly oh. at all okay
1: um can you hear me now
0: you're not too well. Is there a way you can have a clearer connection?
1: Yeah. Okay. Hello. Now
0: that's better. better. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Better. Better. Okay. Sorry about that. Um. Yeah. Sorry. I don't really know what to expect, but I've I've appreciated you guys' conversation so far, and the topic today really interests me. Uh, interested me. So.
0: Okay. Giada, do you have any questions for Carolyn or anything on your mind that you'd like to comment about what you've heard?
1: Um, I guess I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, It was pretty interesting to hear. Oh, thank you. you I appreciate your feedback. Yeah. Um, I've had some DCF investigations and it's definitely, I mean, this is a little bit different of a topic, but, um... It's just kind of weird to see the things that they take more seriously, I guess, than others. So I think there definitely needs to be some change in the way the system works and to help protect children and even people who are being abused.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Carolyn, DCF is very often criticized because of the things right in front of their face of instances where it's very, very clear that a child shouldn't be in a home or shouldn't be with a particular parent, that's even more common, right? There are two, and one might have been accused of being more violent.
2: Thinking about your Stanford podcast, uh, you spoke about the Stanford yes, case, Connecticut the Connecticut protective yep, yep, moms, yep, yep, exactly.
0: Yep. And I think that that is, I hate to say, far more common now in the state where DCF is criticized for not doing enough or 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 being afraid to make a judgment to remove a child from a custodial parent who could be harmful to that child, who has been harmful, not could be, has been, a track record, and not preventing further harm.
2: Yeah, I'm familiar with the case out of Stanford. It was really disturbing and sad.
0: There are so many cases. Every single day I have to report on them, Every, oh, at least every week. Would you agree? Every week there's another tragic case of domestic violence where a child – has very often been killed or terribly injured by a father most of the time, vast majority. Mm-hmm. Or there's a woman who's been injured by a former intimate partner.
2: Yum. Yum. One thing I found in, you know, with the research I have done is it does seem like um the newborn section for with DCF seems to be like the redheaded child. Like it just seems like it's in this totally different Area, the area, you know, um, it's being
0: monitored by different
2: people. It's a different kind of thing. It's just a different. And you don't like the surveillance of women here. You think it's too intrusive. I do. I think um, pregnant women deserve to have, um, to deserve to go to their doctors and to just be open and not Mm. worry about the. the That's
0: a very good point that you raise. How are they going to? If women know about this law, and and we will all catch on. How are we going to feel free to talk with our doctors with any kind of feeling of confidentiality Absolutely. if we know we're going to be
2: reported? Even with the blind notification, the way I see it, you might say, oh, well, I can be, you know, open with my doctor, it might be a, a nameless notification. Yeah, but it's still putting you in that same portal. Um, where it just takes one doctor or social worker to say, I actually do see that as a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it pushes you over that threshold. So, yeah, I absolutely think this uh, is and, uh, harmful to women, and it's harmful in that scenario to newborns because we know that women who don't get prenatal care uh, don't have as good of pregnancy outcomes. Um,
0: yes. Gianna, thank you for the call, by the way. We appreciate you being part of the conversation. You take care of yourself, hon. You take care oh, of yourself. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Carolyn, you like the way New York is doing this. I you do. think New York is doing the right thing? The government should be collecting data. Yep. We're not sure what we're going to do with the data yet.
2: We send it off to Congress, and they're going to figure out. You know, and you think yep. it
0: should go to the Department of Public Health? Do yes. you?
2: But do you believe ultimately
0: that if a baby is born affected, affected by a drug? That the phone call should be made to DCF.
2: So that is a that kind of would put me towards the beginning of the uh, our conversation when we talked about that you can have um, a baby who's affected by where there isn't a safety issue yeah. like the one that I'm right. use is a, a Vicodin prescription. Right. Someone use it might use it for pain, and. You know, you might have a, you know, and I think there's other medications, too, where babies can be born. Uh But they're um, affected by substances. But if a baby, we'll use kind of a more extreme example where you have an illegal substance, Mm -hmm. right? And the baby is going through, like, withdrawal symptoms. That would underconnect in Connecticut, meet the definition for physical neglect. I see. And, and though, therefore the
0: phone call would be appropriate.
2: And then, and as you know, doctors and social work, they're all mandated reporters. They are. So so you think if something meets the current legal threshold of
0: physical neglect, which is somebody having withdrawal symptoms, God forbid, you know, when they're born, that that's, that that's okay to call DCF.
2: Our Connecticut's definition of physical neglect does meet what the CAPTA notification uh criteria would be so why we're going in this exposed direction
0: you think is unnecessary i, I don't
2: know why um okay. and it's it is unnecessary it's overreaching um and it raises a lot of civil liberty issues and just also um, administrative questions um, about you, uh, our applica- application of um, uh, so these So I guess your next laws. step
0: is to testify in front of the legislature.
2: It, uh, you know, and, and I want to counter it with the law is actually fine the way it's written mm. in Connecticut. It's these agencies um, really looking at DCF and the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services who are Thank implementing you.
1: this incorrectly. Thank you, Carol and Ryan.